Coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia, this is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. Welcome to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X, where we talk about the ups and downs of the business world and offer words of wisdom for business success. I'm your host, Sharon Klein, and today in the studio, we have the co-founder of Captain Hook Media, which is the best name ever. It just sounds so fascinating to me. He's a composer, musician. I mean, you've got, you've got like you're the jack of all trades kind of person that is just so, ex- yeah, so excited <laughs> to have in the studio because we have so much to talk about. Welcome to Zach Goodfellow. I am so excited to be here. Yay! Thank you for having me. Of course, me too. And we have met previously because we were talking about voiceover things mm-hmm. and kind of getting into the industry, which I like to do. And anything I know is wonderful to share. But also cool because I got to know a little bit about what you're involved in in your world. Mm-hmm. You have um, a home studio. You're obviously you're into music, but you I, if I I know I cyber stalked you a little bit, but there's <laughs> there's uh, there's like actual music on iTunes and Apple mm-hmm. and things of, that you've done. So, which is similar to different things that I've done. I've had my hand in lots of different ways in media. But right now, your main focus right now is is being the co-founder of Captain Hook Media. So can yep. you explain to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So we, Captain Hook Media is me and my dad. And we write music for, between the two of us, um, really anything that fits the sound that we've kind of developed, we have kind of a very cinematic over the top over dramatic kind of sound. We both grew up watching movies and star Wars and video games and all that. So we've done some podcast intros. We've done some stuff for like YouTube channels, but mainly my dad works in TV and film and I work in video games, but we are yeah music composers. Scott Goodfellow. Yes. I like on your website, it's called the sound of your story. Yes. (laughs) We, we wanted to make sure that we emphasize that like, we love storytelling. We love being a part of, of stories. We, we've done jobs where it's just, you know, background music for, for nothing. And that's cool. That has its place and all that. But we're both, again, grew up watching a lot of movies and loving following characters and following a good story. So I really wanted the, um, the website to convey that, like, we're here to help you tell the story with whatever it needs. We're not here to try and grab the spotlight from you and write super flashy music. Like, we want to help you get your message across. I think people underestimate how important that is Mm -hmm, or maybe don't even realize how they're being impacted by that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's cool about the music that you make is it says on your website that you are cleared and ready to be licensed. So no one has to worry about any kind of legal issues. This is all music for them. Right. Exactly right. We want to make everything as seamless as possible. So when someone approaches you and says, here's my video game concept, or this is what I'm working on the themes of what they say to you, is that what informs you on the way that you're creating music? Yeah. So it, it's person to person. Um, a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll, they're hiring us to be the experts. They don't really have much of an idea. So we'll, we'll do a lot of kind of coaxing and just kind of getting to know, you know, tell me about why you're making this project. So I'm just going to, for the sake of not keeping everything unbearably vague, I'll, I'll talk in the, <laughs> in the context of like a video game. Okay. So a developer comes to me and they're like, Hey, I've got this idea. I need music. Can you help? Um, more often than not, it's a matter of like, okay, tell me about the game. What's the story? What is the world like? Is it medieval? Is it kind of sci-fi? What inspired you to make this game? What games did you grow up playing? And just as many questions as I can get to get a feel for where their brain is at. Um, 
that way I can at least have an educated guess on what things sound like. The majority of the process is, hey, I wrote this thing. Do you like this thing? No, I hate that. All right, cool. We'll try something <laughs> else. Hey, what about this one? That's closer. What about it's closer? It's a very big throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. It reminds me of voiceover the voiceover world because people who write copy and they're looking, they have an idea of a voice in their head, but they don't know it until they hear the voice oftentimes. Right. So that sounds like what you're talking about where someone has a concept. I want it to sound big and epic. Right. Okay. You know, what does that actually translate to? Right. And you could give them something big and epic, but it has the wrong feel, but they didn't even know that right. until and, you explained it. And that's what's, I, that's what made me at a young age fall in love with music is that it's not, it's very, it's not necessarily like a tangible thing you can describe. It's a feeling. So to, to, to hit what you're mm-hmm. saying, they don't, they don't know the voice until they hear it. It's like, I don't know how to describe to you what I want to hear, but I know what I want to feel when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And so once you hit that, it's like, Oh, I just felt the thing. Okay. We're onto something. And that's what makes music so much fun to me. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah. you're right. It is an, an emotional Absolutely. reaction and, and impact that you're having. Mm-hmm. So how did you get to where you are now. I saw that you went to Lasseter High School, obviously here in Georgia, yep. right? Yep. Also, fellow KSU owl, Hootie Hoo. Hootie Hoo. Hootie Hoo for you. <laughs> and so, Georgia native, is that where you've been? Born and raised, yep. Wow, I mean, I, I was from a day old, I grew up right next to Lasseter High School. Oh, wow, that's wild. Yeah. So, the changes you've seen are probably so significant. Oh, my God, wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how cool. You've got a network of people that are right here in town that you've grown up with, which for is sure. nice. For sure. So how did you get to, obviously you said that you and, and your father were really into music and, mm-hmm. um, but how did you get to your business that you're in now? Man, it's been a just <laughs> series of falling backwards into different things. Um, I laugh because I'm like, yep, yeah, <laughs> I, feel, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm such a, a shiny object person where like I get an idea and that idea has to be pursued. I don't know whatever it is. I got to commit to it to see what's there. I'm just now figuring out how to tame that a little bit. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, my dad was, uh, he's been a musician all his life. So I was born into music. My dad was in a, in a very journey esque band when I was born at the time. And cool is that? Yeah. They were called tandem. Their, their stuff is still on the internet somewhere. Amazing. Yeah. They were, they were really fun. They did. They sold some records in Brazil and never picked up too much in, in, in the States, but so I, I was born into music. I loved music very early on. Um, I started playing guitar when I was like eight or nine. Um, started writing my first terrible stuff when I was <laughs> 14, 15. Matter of fact, you mentioned uh, that you found some of my stuff on iTunes and Spotify. Yes. I would, that's, that's, I don't take it down because I'm proud of it, but that is, <laughs> that is very, very old, very, very old stuff. Um, the internet's forever. Oh yeah. But at the same time, that's, a stepping stone to where for you sure. are. For sure. Like so, I yeah, said, that's I, cool. I'm talking jokingly. I'm very oh. proud of what we made, well, but it's it's very, very I was sixteen and angsty and you know, <laughs> it's very Wow. Um you get to revisit who you were then right. when you listen to it. Interesting. Right. Um so that's how I got into music, but um I never really took music like I never really committed to it as a serious thing. Um, until later in my life, it was just something that I did for fun. Um, so went to all through high school, did that album, uh, in college, started a band with, um, some of my friends from high school and we did pretty well. We toured very, very locally. We did a couple of like, you know, we drove like an hour was the farthest we went, but we had some good shows. We opened up for a couple of bands that I, you know, grew up listening to, That's amazing. which was a very, very cool experience. 
Um, that experience ultimately taught me though, that I didn't enjoy that lifestyle. I really, I'm a homebody. I love my family. I love being, you know, home at night and that lifestyle doesn't agree with that. You know, that's, you know, hop in a bus and go to the next town over if you're really going to succeed at that. And I've always been someone who's like, okay, I could work on this, but what does this lead to? I've always been like a long-term thinker. So I, I hit a point where we were working really hard in that band, but I was like, okay, but if this succeeds, it creates a life that I'm not going to enjoy. So what's, what's the point of all this hard work? Right. Um, so I let that go. Um, and then I just kind of wandered. That's when I was in college. I didn't know what I wanted to study. So I took up a business degree as most lost creatives do. And I got a degree in professional sales. Um, my performing background really helped in, in sales. And, uh, I guess I, I just kind of figured, all right, I guess I'll, I mean, this, I'm, I'm decent at this. I guess this will work for a little bit. Hopped into a, an internship selling telemarketing and, Two weeks in, I was like, okay, I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to jump out the window. <laughs> this is unacceptable. Oh, wow. Um, and so I'm, this is a loaded story. Please let me, I'm a rambler. So stop no, me if I'm, if I'm going too far in. Love but it. after the internship, that was like, okay, I can't, I can't do sales. Um, and luckily I have, my best friend was from like 12 years old, an entrepreneur. He lawn mowing business and immediately knew he was going to build his own thing. So his influence had me start starting to look up other things. And I started getting into like Facebook advertising because it was the part of sales that I enjoyed. It was the, the catchy lines and the performing stuff and that. And that was fun. And my wife and I started doing that for kind of local businesses for a little while. And that got me through the next couple of years, got me through college but again, I reached the, that point of like, okay, so now it's starting to demand a lot more of my time and I don't really want to give it that time. What's the point of this investment? Right? So now I, now I was lost again. Now I'm curious. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go. And I had the bright idea, okay, I'm working for myself now, but what I could do is go get this other sales job for a company called HubSpot that did marketing software. It's like, I know marketing. I could just go get this full-time job. And then in my free time, I'll go build my music business again. Not sure why I thought that was going to pan out, <laughs> but again, six months into the sales job, I'm miserable. This isn't going to work. So th at that point, I'm this, this was three years ago. So I'm 25. And at that point I was like, I'm ready to just commit to the music. Cause what I ultimately learned was I had put all of this investment and all of this effort into these dive, these different skills. I learned Facebook ads and I was able to reach relative success there. I learned sales. I was able to reach relative success there. And I was like, what would, where would I be if I had invested the six years into building this music career? And that's a whole, you know, we can jump down that mental tangent of why I didn't <laughs> pursue that in a bit, but I decided, all right, it's time to start being a musician and seeing what happens. So I called up a friend of mine who had managed the wedding band for my wedding. And I was like, hey, I am miserable at my job. I'm ready to leave. I know you're recruiting people. I can sing like crazy. I'm a great performer. I would love to help out. Just tell me where you need me. And luckily, he needed, he needed front men. So I went and did weddings for wasn't long. It was a couple months. And, um, for about a year I did the weddings and I was playing, um, like locally playing at restaurants, just scrounging money. And that was, that was a good experience. I made good money doing that. And it really showed me that I can 
make, I can't feed my wife and I through music. So the, I'm most grateful for what that did for my confidence, but again, reached a point where it's like, okay, but the only way I can do this is by working every night, every weekend. So I don't get to spend time with my wife on the weekends. This sucks. Um, and around that time of the wedding band, my dad and I had finally come across, um, the world of sync licensing, which we had never experienced before. We'd never heard of, but essentially that's the whole industry where, music for advertisements and TV shows and basically anything that has music. That's the industry where that happens and learning how that works. So my dad and I were like, okay, well we're writing music anyway. Why don't we try and pitch it to some people? And I promise I'm going to get to Captain Hook Media in a second. Heck we're almo- no, we're is, almost there. No, I love it. This is, <laughs> this is the way life turns out though. This yeah. is what's interesting to me is, Absolutely. is the twists and turns and the things that you learn about yourself along the way. Right. So right. That's, this is, I'm fascinated. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we started doing that and it's, it, sync licensing is a difficult beast because of how subjective music is. You're really just essentially the business model is I'm going to, as a musician, write this big old library of music. I'm going to write 20 songs of this certain style and then go and shop it to these libraries, hoping that they, that it fits their sound and that they have a use for it. It just, it, it was, it was inspiring to try, but for me again, having now a couple years entrepreneurial background with the marketing thing and knowing, uh, trying to figure out, market and need and all that stuff. It's like, okay, but like this seems so inefficient or we're putting months and months of work into these songs with no direct customer in mind. Right. Um, so then we started exploring other options and we started looking into what does custom work look like? Where who's buying custom music right now? And thus Captain Hook Media was born. Um, Where'd the name come from? I like the name. So it is from... Because it's the hook of music? Yes. You know, okay. So uh, my dad and I, ever since I was a kid, have always, when we listen to music, we've always bonded over the musicians that make really catchy music. You know, Journey and Bon Jovi was what I grew up on, that kind of stuff. Um, Daughtry more recently. That's classic, good classic music. Oh, exactly. You know? it, it, it'll, it'll live forever because it's so catchy. Yeah. Even if you don't like it, everyone knows the chorus to Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, I know. Like, and they all sing it. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so, that's the hook of the song. So anytime we see an artist who just constantly cranks out hooks, oh, that's a Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. And so we got to this company now all right we need to brand it so that people know what we are he and i both love writing catchy stuff so just it just worked out it's amazing thank you you're welcome so along your journey being a wedding singer what are some of the things that you saw that you were just like i can't be a wedding singer weddings are chaotic man (laughs) it's so i i'm not a high stress person i'm a very laid back person i like calm chill vibes and it just doesn't exist in the industry got you by nature, it's it's such a now, 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 now industry. And high emotions too, right? Very high emotions. And it's very rewarding to to pull it off, you know, to get everything happen, to make this happen for the couple. I, I really enjoyed the memories of seeing everybody dancing. And that's what I've always loved about performing. It's like, um, I don't remember where I got this quote, but someone describes performance as a constant state of giving. Because when you're doing a good job at performing, you can see people are changing from stagnant to excited and having fun. So being able to give that joy is amazing. 
but it's the, all the in-betweens of, okay, this is late. Okay. We said you had a stage, but now you're playing on the back of this truck. Okay. There's no electricity anywhere. It's just not for me, not for me. When you were performing, um, when you were initially with your band in like college, mm-hmm. was it music that you wrote as well? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so we were, we were a progressive metal band. Oh. So anybody out there that's fans of like breaking Benjamin and those kind of bands. Um, yeah, that, that, I really look back on that fondly and I, I'm still very close friends with all four of those guys. Um, all still doing really cool stuff in music. Uh, but yeah, that was all original music. That was a really fun experience. That's really where I learned how to write. I think one of the best things about making music, writing music is, is that creation energy is so amazing to me because afterwards you're like, this song exists that didn't exist a day ago. Yeah. And now it's, now it's all put together and someone could be singing it and the effect that it can have the legacy that you're leaving. And it's this creation energy is just powerful. Absolutely. It's so addictive. Yeah. It's so addictive. It's the best that, that creator's high is just the, it's the best cloud nine feeling. It's true. World. It doesn't even, it feels like, um, if more people knew what that felt like, they'd be inclined to do it. Absolutely. You know, I um, Absolutely. All right. So you had your band. Then you obviously were able to um, continue to grow on your skills mm-hmm. as you were being uh, the wedding singer. And then as you started to understand the industry of being able to write music, it's nice that you've got your dad, right? Who's very, very who, helpful. That, right. That's great. That, and he's being the co-founder with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice to work with people that, you know, in, in your family, you trust Absolutely. and are talented. And then. Now that you've got kind of an understanding more about how the industry works and that you did want to have a client specific in mind, how did that change what you were writing? So did you have like your library before? Was it more esoteric? Was it more just, this is what I'm thinking we should write today and that's what you did, but it just never really landed? To be honest, that that was also generic because you can't, you can't make it the thing with like what the, what is called production music, which is the stuff that's not soundtrack, like, you know, movie music. The production music is the, the music you hear in the background of a Taco Bell commercial. Right. <laughs> the thing with that is that market needs it to be complete, almost non-existent. Like it needs to be interesting, but it can't ever take anybody's attention, which to a point I can get it, but it's, it's so to, to only write that music for me is very unfulfilling. It's very like, okay, you learn your formula. And even, you know, I'm a big like online course person. I did a lot of self-education on it. And even the educators in the space will tell you like, look, it's, it's kind of boring. You come up with your formula and, and you make seven tracks a week so that you can have a better chance of getting, getting caught up. And that makes perfect sense from a business perspective. But after having done the sales and the marketing things and realizing I don't really care about mass wealth. I, I, you know, it's not the amount of money I make, it's how I make it. Right. So I didn't see that as a sustainable nine to five job for me to just be writing this generic, hopefully no one notices it music. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, it really changed into, I want to be part of bigger projects. I don't want I never, though, when I was performing, I never liked the spotlight either. It was always, you know, put on the show because that's what you're supposed to do. But I, I, I don't, I'm not a big spotlight person. I like being a supporter. So 
now writing music becomes a, even when I don't have a customer, if I'm just practicing, I'll go find like a game that inspires me. Okay. What would serve this scene? What would serve this world? I like, I like the collaborative effort of this thing now exists because someone else made it. How can I make it more real? You know, how can I bring that emotional impact in a little harder for this particular setting? So you'll do it even just for fun. Oh, absolutely. It's the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's like expecting anything, so you can make it however you would want it. Right. Which is nice. Right. So what was it about sales that you felt like you could not really... I'm not a salesperson either, and I, I'm not good at it at all, but what was it about it? I'm wondering if we have similar themes well, see, that didn't work. What I've learned about sales for me is I think everybody is good at it. You just have to care about what you're selling. So you had no trouble getting me onto this podcast because right. you've loved this podcast. You know what it does for people. You know the benefit that it brings the people that are on it. You it's didn't fun. Have, you didn't have to try. Right. <laughs> that to me is proper sales. So what I was running into, I mean, I do all the sales for Captain Hook Media. I do all of the outreach and all that. It's a very different experience. What I was finding was that, you know, like for HubSpot example, they're a CRM and marketing software, right? I didn't care. <laughs> you know, like they're a they're a great company great product. I, I would recommend them to anybody, but like I would cold call and be like, Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm with HubSpot. We do CRM stuff. And they'd be like, yeah, we're really happy with active campaign. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry. Like, you know, like my managers would be like, can you try and lean back? But it's like, no, they don't they, want they it. Don't, I don't active campaign is awesome. Like I get it. I could see why they'd be happy. So I just, I don't have the like I could sell anything to anybody, Gene. Some people have that. Some yes. people are just so unbelievably outgoing and they can just knock that. I just don't have that. I don't either. But it's interesting to me to think that you're right. We could make money in lots of different ways. Um, I could be doing anything different and make more money, but the quality of my life would be impacted significantly mm -hmm. if I didn't really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But then now my lifestyle is dependent upon the money that I'm making for whatever job I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if you find that as you are staying really true to what feels right to you, if the right people find you at the right time or have you had to struggle? Because I'm I'm curious how your journey has been impacted by your belief in, um, yeah, living your truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely uh, there's definitely both things that you just said. There's the struggle and there's the the like sparks of, wow, this is meant to happen. Right. I'm a big faith person. And I, I, one thing sales did teach me is, you know, delayed gratification. You got to plant your seeds now so that you can reap the harvest six months from now. Um, so for the first, I mean, honestly, still today, we're still kind of, the company's not making a crazy amount of money. I was able to quit my sales job, thankfully, but it's <laughs> not like, you know, that's still very much a ebb and flow of when we're busy, when we're not busy. Um, but you know, I th we officially started Captain Hook Media January of 2022. And still pandemic. A yeah, little bit. Yeah, still yeah. post-pandemic for mm -hmm. sure. Um, we didn't get our first real contract till October of that year. And we were just kind of floating around writing music and pitching until then. But to the second point of the right people find you at the right time, um, you know, luck to me is opportunity meets preparation, right? So... I put out a listing on Fiverr. I'm sure you as a voice yes. actor, you're familiar with Fiverr, right? Yes. Um, for video game music. I was like, I can't hurt. It's free. You know, why not? I'll put something up and I put some of our tracks on there. 
And, you know, within a week of that first listing, I was contacted by um, a guy named Sharif, now a very close friend of mine. He is the CEO of a company, Valeria Games. They're in Canada and they're doing this really awesome. I don't know a lot about crypto and NFTs and all that, but they're a Web3 game. So it's a mobile game tied in with cryptocurrencies and NFTs. So like the characters that you have, you have actual ownership of and you can, Interesting. it's very fascinating way over my head. I just really like the game, but he contacted me. He's like, Hey, we're starting up this thing. I need music. Can you send something over? And, um, you know, my dad and I both hopped on it and thankfully I, I recognized the type of game he was making cause I've played those kind of games. So we, we hit it off on the game very early on and we sent him something over. He liked it. And then from there it's blossomed into, I mean, that contract was the reason I was able to leave my sales job. So there is definitely a trust the process element to any creative endeavor. I would imagine it's, it's very much a work now, play later type thing. Um, and then there have been just little gems um, of right place, right time, preparation meets opportunity that they come and they make the the dry periods worth it, you know? Have you played the game and seen or listened to your music in the background? It's not out yet, oh. but he did send me a like testable version and to see my music in a play, it was one of the coolest experiences <laughs> I've ever, I've ever had. Yeah. So satisfying. Yeah. And Cause we did all the sound effects too. So like everything you hear in that game is, is us. So oh it's goodness. like, whoa. <laughs> How lucky to have found each other. Right. Yeah. You know, right at that. Like you said, the right time. Timing Absolutely. is a huge part of it. I imagine. Absolutely. What do you think people don't know about the industry that you're in? Oh, man, a lot I still don't know, you know. Um, I, I think, honestly, that it exists. I was going to say, yeah. I, how often do I, well, I was thinking as you were speaking about the music in the background of shows or mm -hmm. backgrounds of commercials, like um, everything on HGTV, <laughs> like they're walking into a house, you know, mm -hmm. and there's some kind of stylized music in the background yep. and every intro and outro has yep. something. So I imagine that's what you're absolutely the it came from somebody. To. Right. Mm -hmm. So the industry essentially works as it's you have your your writers and then you have what are called libraries, which are the shopkeepers of the, the publishers, essentially. So the writers submit their music to the libraries and the libraries have their industry contacts with HGTV or ABC, Hollywood, whatever. And hey, you guys have that big blockbuster trailer coming out. Here are all the trailers that we had written this month. Pick one and then we'll get the paperwork signed. It's a, it's a very like trickle down type of system, but it's huge. It's huge. Um, I think... ASCAP and BMI, which are the two you're familiar with PROs. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, they, I think I read, I could be horribly misquoting this. I'm not good with memorizing numbers, but in 2022, I think they, they dished out, you know, somewhere in the hundred millions worth of royalties to writers. So like, there's a lot of people making, making a living in that. And I, that was one of the most inspiring things to me that I would, if there's any other, you know, musicians listening that, I always make the huge mistake of like, you see the huge names that make a living in music, but there's this ocean of people beneath them that aren't huge and wealthy, but pay their bills doing music. And it's not this unattainable, Oh, I've got to be Taylor Swift in order to have a music career. There's so many people that you, you don't know. I follow these amazing songwriters 
um, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Once I find one and then I see who else they are involved in. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I, I feel like they're the unsung heroes, you know, it's like the drummers of a band. I always feel like, wow, they worked really hard. And (laughs) everyone saw the lead singer. (laughs) Right. I'm like a big drummer fan. Um, but yeah, so thinking about that ocean of people who never get that credit unless it's a Grammy that they happen to say for writing this song, but they're never really known. Right. Right. And I mean, that's to a lot of creatives, myself included, that's, that's like, that's a plus side, you know, you get to have the career and still go to, you know, Kroger and not (laughs) have to worry about getting bombarded. Right. Like it's, it's such a possible career path. So what is the dream? Like, what would you love to see happen as your career progresses you and your father and your business? (sighs) I can't speak for my father. I think we're both still in discovering it things. Um, I know he just wants to be able to enjoy. I, they're probably the same answer. He just wants to be able to enjoy his life, write some music and, and retire, you know? Um, Cause my, my parents are both pretty much retired. He's, he's in the business as a means of, of getting to write music, work with me and, and, and we get to work together. Um, I'm definitely more in the like bloodthirsty looking for, yeah. uh, looking for a career yeah. spot than he is, but it works out. Um, I think, I think both of us just want to be able to like play, you know, enjoy the way we live our lives. And I know for me, I've been doing so much reading on, on this, on the importance of play to the human mind. Cause I find I'm so fascinated by the creative mind and how it works, but like, it's just, it's, we're taught when we're kids, it's, it's, it's second nature to just put things together. You know, when you're a kid singing, a song that you love, you're not worried about if you're on key or if you sound good. You just, it's, it's a blast. And we're taught later on that that's not what you do. You don't get, you don't do that. You go and get your work done you go be responsible. And it's like, there's a, there's obvious, an obvious place for hard work and discipline, but not in my opinion, not to the cost of play. So if I, if I could write up where my life goes career wise, I just want to, learn how to access and live in that play state and make it valuable to somebody else and inspire someone else to do the same. That's, that's why I do the music because even doing music for video games, for me, it's a matter of like, how can I make this scene much more exciting for the person playing it? You know, how do I give them more, more play and joy out of this moment? So I really just want to get more to, to what you said, if more people knew what that creative high feels like, more people would do it. And I really would love to be in, in some way part of spreading that knowledge. And it's interesting when people are playing again, it's background. They're not thinking this crescendo or this epic. I don't even know how to describe the music. You're doing great. Oh, <laughs> You're doing great. I don't play video games, but I'm imagining, but just, uh, not even realizing how much that's impacting what they're experiencing. Yeah. But what's cool is your journey has been, like you said, twists and turns, but along the way you've learned very valuable lessons to put you in this space of appreciating where you are now. You wouldn't have before if you hadn't experienced those things. Absolutely. If you could talk to your younger self, what would lesson would you want your younger self to have known before you started your, where you are now in your job? Well, there's the easy cop out answer of like, what is I, that? I wouldn't change anything. Cause everything I've done brought me to where I am today. Like that's, <laughs> is that the there, cop out? There's truth to that for sure. But that's a boring answer. Um, <laughs> All right. Be creative here. I'm just kidding. I no, would, I, I think the same thing. I would love to tell myself like, you know, trust the process. Um, 
I, I would love to f- have an answer on how to get rid of that whole imposter syndrome thing to myself, but I still haven't found that answer and I'm not sure we're ever meant to. I think that's a sign that you care about things. So maybe that's the lesson like, Hey, the imposter syndrome is a good thing. The fact that you don't think even though you put all this work in that you're good enough to do anything with it, it shows that you care about it and that's a sign that you're going to be okay. Um, that's a very interesting twist on that. Given that if you didn't really care, if you didn't care if it succeeds or not, or if you're good at it or not, you're just, you're not invested in Right. You're not phoning in. And I don't think anyone with that mentality where I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get it out and, and do it, whatever. I don't care about it. Like they'll find quick success. Sure. But I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think anybody ever like finds their, I'm good in that place. Right. Where they can feel as if they've, um, they succeeded as much as they possibly can. They're right. just getting paid to, to show up and it's say empty. the words or do whatever. Mm. Yeah. It's empty. You're never going to be fulfilled with that. You know, that's, that's one of the feelings that, you know, I always ended up coming back to music through the sales and the marketing and all that. It's like, it was always a, this will work for now feeling. This is cool for now, but why, you know, mm. who'd like, what, who, why, why not go do the thing right now? Why not, why not put your effort into something that you can rather than say this will work for now, you can say this will work forever. That's, I mean, that's, and that's probably a, it might be a young over ambitious thing to no, think, no, no, but no. like I, that's, I just, I, that's how my brain works. I'd never even like, <laughs> uh, my wife, I, I, I asked her out in high school. She was my really only girlfriend. Like I've never been into the, like if I'm going to take you out to dinner there should be a plan here. I'm not in, <laughs> it's I'm not, not just for now. Yeah. I'm not interested. What are we wasting our time for? Mm-hmm. You know? And I'd see the same thing as far as my career goes. Like what, if I'm doing this job and you have side jobs, like I wait tables now to make the, the creative thing a little bit. I don't have to put as much pressure on it. That's fine. But something that takes your 40 hours a week energy, why would you give that to something that's not inspiring you for tomorrow? You know? How many people do you think don't think that way? Oh, so many. I think most people. Most people, absolutely. Most people. Because it's a really scary thing to think that way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, because the world's going to tell you you're crazy because no one else thinks that way. And you really have nothing but your own like faith and self-belief to lean on when the world's telling you you're crazy for thinking that way. So it's very difficult and very scary to think that way. And lonely in some ways. Very much so. (laughs) If you... If I didn't have my dad and my wife, who's who are both also very creative like that, my mom too, like if I didn't have people to lean on, I'd probably still be at the sales job because it's it's a scary it's a scary leap to take, you know. And you don't know anybody that's doing that exact thing right in your world, right? Right? Yeah. So you learn the hard way. Yeah, for sure. Is there a school that teaches you how to do this? I have. I mean, I haven't come across. I could ramble about my my opinions on college. <laughs> well, I'm thinking is is there a tri- like like I went to voiceover school. Yeah, there you don't are have there, to. There are courses. But, Absolutely, oh, okay, there, there are, are courses. online courses. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I could I could list them. Maybe I know a couple off the top of my head. I mean, that's okay. If there's okay. anyone that wants uh, more information, I, I would like to at the end have them. All right, cool. Yeah, be able to contact there's, you. There's a there's a couple that I would okay. highly recommend. One's at actual like online university where oh, you, no you can way. get a post grad degree. And, oh no and some, way! Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, so they, they exist. Um, they're just obviously it's not very commercial, so they fly under the radar a little more. But they're out there. 
When do you think that this um, video game that you were able to be part of will be released? Do you know? Last I heard, it's or I, I believe they're. It's been delayed a couple of times. That's why I'm a little confused on it. But I believe they're doing like a closed private access like testing like beta phase. testing yeah mm-hmm. this month uh, you can go That's on their cool. website valeriagames.com and um sign up for it i believe the f- the game is supposed to release early 2024 like first couple of months of oh so it's coming yeah it's almost here well sure. imagine what will happen when people play this game and then your name gets out I'm just, there too. I'm Who just knows? Ex- I, I, I could, I'm just excited to be able to download it on the app store <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i was part of that <laughs> that's gonna be cool <laughs> I like that you focus on feeling because so many parts of business have absolutely nothing to do with feeling. It's right. paying the bills and it's, what is that? Left brain, you yeah. know, cost benefit, those kinds of things. But right. people are the heart of business and people by are inherently obviously feeling. Mm-hmm. So building relationships with people, honoring what you've said, making someone feel safe, making someone feel like they can rely on you. Um, making someone's quality of life better and all the various businesses that we've had on the show are all very important mm-hmm. to business. And so many people do talk, they do talk about how they want to be relied upon and they want to be considered competent and um, have pride in their work. But I like that you focus on how much music makes someone feel so different because all of us have had those moments where we've heard a song from our childhood and can remember there's such a, a crazy tie and I don't even understand it, but a crazy tie between our emotions and what we hear. Yeah. And it, it's really hard to explain. It is. Yeah. It is. But I'm sure people all can understand it. So I hadn't really thought about that side of what you do mm-hmm. talking about how much you have um, the, the feel behind your inspiration. So translating a feeling into something you hear mm-hmm. is uh I don't know. Leap it's in my wild. mind. It is. Yeah, it's, it's like, wild. I'm trying to get my That's brain. Why when you it. hear musicians talk to each other, it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> like I, I want that. To, I just want it to sound chewier. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like there's never any terms that make any sense. Yeah. Um, like more staccato. Cause that's going to make it feel this way or like, you know, choppier right. or whatever, because right. it's going to make it feel chaotic or what it's hard right. to put those well, words like, together. Uh, my dad and I just finished a theme song for a, a game that's coming out and it's like a, um, it's like a science fiction horror game. It's like mutants and stuff like that. So we wanted it to sound scary, but we kept, it was never, we don't speak in theory terms. It was always like, no, this sounds like, this sounds like it's haunted. I want to sound like we're being hunted. It's very different feelings. <laughs> like, you know, like, so it's, that's how you discuss it. Cause it's gotta be, it's gotta be vibes. It's gotta be feelings. You know, I'm not a very, I don't know a whole lot of music theory. Um, I'm not a very technical person. It's just, it doesn't feel right. I can't, I can't tell you why that part, Sounds too happy. Just stuff like <laughs> it doesn't that. sound scary enough or haunted enough. Yeah. <laughs> or lonely enough. Yeah, or whatever it is. exactly. Fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, it, it's a universal language, you know, it's it just is. everyone doesn't matter if you speak English, Spanish, Japanese, whatever. Like I can play you something that sounds scary and you're all, everyone's going to feel unsettled. Like it's, you put strings out of tune together. Ooh, that doesn't feel good. It's just fun to play with that. I haven't told this story since high school, but okay. when I was 15, I was able to go to Japan for a month through a, an exchange program. It was a group of us from the United States went to Japan and we had a host family, different host families. And we got to know these people the next summer they came over to the same families and people we knew they came over to visit with us in the U S and something so cool and obviously challenging when you're a teenager, we couldn't speak Japanese. I mean, there were certain phrases I knew, but the translation issue was real and we had translators 
But one of the moments that I always was stuck with me was we were in front of a piano in, in, in a school at one point, and one of the Japanese students sat down and started to play a classical piece. And then one of the United States or the American students knew that piece and sat down together. Amazing. And they played the same song, like, you know, yeah. complimenting each other. Yeah. And it was just a wonderful way to under, like have a have a sharing moment that yep. had absolutely nothing to do with that particular language, but but be able to share music. Yeah. And um, it was like a little intimate connection yeah. that they were able to have. And I always thought how important music was in seeing that because it just was heartwarming in some way. And they were like smiling at each other and it was uh, sweet. That's a connection. That, yeah. It's, it, you can't, you can't compare that. No. I mean, no matter there, and there were no words spoken. Yeah. It wasn't about the words. Yeah. So it was Are really, you, like, you go to a, you go to a concert and, and be arm in arm with two strangers that speak totally different language, but you're singing the same song together and you're joined together in that. It doesn't matter. In the energy. Yeah. I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Oh, yeah, you made a lot of friends then. <laughs> this was like with my cousin who uh, travels the whole, he's lucky enough to travel the world because he's a huge Springsteen fan. He mm-hmm. goes to almost all his concerts. I mean, they're Springsteen people that just, this is what they do and right. they all know each other. Right. But I was not the biggest Springsteen fan at the time. And so I was happy to go to accompany him. He was here in Atlanta and we were watching, you know, we were very close up to the stage. And of course he's playing these, these classic songs and everyone's just singing. And there was a moment where I was just not really listening to the song, but observing the crowd and seeing everyone on this same wavelength was so powerful to mm-hmm. me because I actually did, wasn't on that same wavelength. I was able to kind of look, look around and observe what people are all experiencing in this moment. My emotions weren't caught, but all of theirs were. Mm-hmm. And it was neat to see. And I was, I, God, I could still remember looking around. It was sold out. I don't even know how many people were there. It was in, is it Phillips Arena? It's not called a State Farm Arena. Okay. I can't remember. One next to CNN. So watching all of these people really feel this bond. Um, and like you said, all of a sudden they're all friends. Yep. Um, there's just, you can't, you can't quantify it, qualify it. It's just an energy. It's just feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's just a vibe. Well, I'm excited to see where you go. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds to me in just a quick sum up is that if you've continued to go with your gut on what feels right. Trying to. And what doesn't is very valuable too. Right. But it's led to you, led you to some really amazing experiences and tapping into an energy that brings you a lot of joy. And I think anything that has that joy to it means you're on the right path. 100%. Now that you know what that feels like, I guess, and you have known for so long, it's nice to see as you go further in your career and you're tapping into that more and more what the world has for you. Yeah. It's just exploring, you know? Um, I just read a book for any creative. I highly recommend it. It's called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Very easy read. It's like he breaks it up into like, it's like a page, a chapter. He just, it's like a parable every day kind of thing. Um, I can, I just completely lost why I brought that book up. What were we just talking about? Following Joe. Oh, Mm -hmm. um, he compares decision-making and how to, how to actually, I think I'm quoting the wrong book, but I'm going to commit to it. Um, (laughs) We're going with that. Comparing like making essential decisions and knowing how to follow your gut more honestly is in, I've been practicing it for a couple of weeks and it's serving me pretty well, but like it's either a hell yes or a no. 
never allow yourself to take something where it's like, yeah, I guess that, I guess that'll work. Like that's, that's a waste of your time. If it's not absolutely, then it's a no. Because if you, if you accept opportunities that are kind of cool, it means you're turning down a hell yes that's coming in the near future. And I can 100% attest to that in my past where the, I guess this works, caused me to lose sight on all the hell yeses I could have had. And I've never once regretted taking something that was a hell yes for me in the moment. So I'm trying to practice that more, more often now. And it's definitely, a, it's been a helpful exercise in trusting your, trusting your gut. It, it's well, it encourages you to always be in touch with your gut, right? Because oftentimes I can shut that off and just be like, well, I have to do this because right, right. I can tell you a thousand reasons why, right? but my gut is like, what? We're not involved at all. This sucks. <laughs> this <is> like, yeah. <laughs> but well, that's, it's intellectual. Yeah. It's I can justify, right. but if I'm in touch with my gut, that's completely different. Right. And it's actually, I'm thinking about it now. It would be honoring myself so truly that imagining myself living that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I have like an initial resistance and it makes me wonder why, that's why the whole Art of War book is labeling that resistance. It's such a fascinating read and how that resistance is your your gut or your heart, whatever. I'm not sure exactly what term he uses, but it's it's you trying to protect yourself from the scary thought of pursuing that thing you want and not getting it. And that's why all creatives deal with so much resistance is because we care about the outcome so much. We can't handle the fact of we could fail at getting it. And the so disappointment we, will be right, too much. So we talk ourselves out of try, even trying because if we never try for it, we can't fail. Yeah, we're not disappointed. Yeah, and that resistance becomes so convincing, right? You can easily just oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go write music for video games because that's that market doesn't even exist. I only have a sales degree. I, I've never done this before. It, it's it, they're all valid reasons, which makes it even more difficult and scary to deal with. But it's yet another like if you're feeling that, that's the direction you lean into. You only feel that towards things that are really important to you. Wow. That's such a good book. Because I just felt it right now. So I'm like, uh oh. So that's that's that something says that's, a lot. that's something for you to at least explore. Yes. You know, don't dive head first into it, but read in a little bit more, you know? Well, I really appreciate you giving me some very invaluable information on myself. Happy, happy to share. <laughs> I do a lot of reading and self-exploration, so it's nice to just talk to another human and not my own brain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not always happy with my own brain. It's not always the happiest yeah. place. Well, you know, <laughs> Clearly. Creative, creative minds. <laughs> <laughs> well, how is there anything I can do that, that helps you in this world? This has been an incredible experience in itself. Thank you so much for having My me pleasure. on. Um, no, just keep doing what you're doing. I think I think this show that you've built is really awesome to do exactly what we have both talked about wanting to do and mm-hmm. inspiring other people who are afraid to take that leap to do so. So just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And you too. I can't wait to see where you go. I'd love Thank to you. have you back on like maybe in six months when, well, you'll be too busy. You nah, would, please, you'll be moving to LA. Please, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to LA. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Canada, whatever happens. <laughs> no, I'd be, I'd be honored to be back on. This was right. a really, really cool experience for me. Well, how can people, thank you. How can people get in touch with you if they would like more information? So both my dad and my contact info is on www.captainhookmedia.com. Um, I'm on pretty much all social medias as CH for Captain Hook underscore Zach. Um, I'm happy to, you know, happy to talk, reach out (laughs) with whatever and nothing doesn't matter to me, but (laughs) Captain Hook media is probably going to be the easiest thing to find. 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Zach. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Last time it was a very short one. We just talked about voiceover things, but getting to know what you're involved in and also seeing how you use your creative side to bring so much joy to your life. Um, and, and like I said, being true to yourself is incredibly inspiring to me. And I think a lesson I needed to hear today. So I'm really grateful that you spent this time with me. Thank well, I'm you. grateful that I said something useful. So thank, you so, <laughs> thank, thank you so much for having me on. This was really an honor. I really appreciate you inviting me. My pleasure. And thank you all for, again for listening to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X. And again, this is Sharon Klein reminding you that with knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day.